0: Energy. We walked around for 35 minutes just in the parking lot looking for this car. The passion. UVM schedules the way they do to get as high a seed as possible in the NCAA tournament and to get as much tournament prep as they can because they're not going to get it from their league. The opinions on all your favorite teams. The organization should be taking care of Matt. Rather than Matt taking care of the organization. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM FM and WDEV Radio.com. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas Show here on a Tuesday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEV Radio.com short show today: Red Sox baseball second to last game of the year. It's going to be a cold and wet one at Fenway, but I do think they're going to be able to get it in. The tarp is on the field right now at Fenway. Our coverage begins at 6:10. First pitch is slated for 7:10 between the Red Sox and Rays. This game does mean something to the Rays who can get the second wild card spot, although they may prefer to stay in the third wild card spot and try to go to Cleveland instead of Toronto. So again, 7:10 is supposed to be the first pitch. Tomorrow, we're not supposed to have a Brady Farkas show because of Red Sox baseball. Weather looks iffy for tomorrow as well. We'll see what Major League Baseball decides to do, and we'll see what, uh, you know, we'll just see. I think it all is going to come down to if the game matters, right? If the game doesn't matter, I could see the game tomorrow getting canceled. If the game does matter, then... I think they're going to have to stick it out and try to play it because if it impacts playoff seating, we'll see what happens. It'll be very, very interesting, but we're not supposed to have a show tomorrow, a short show today. Voice of the Patriots, Bob Sosi with us as he is every Tuesday. That'll come in about 15 minutes at 545. We also... Have our podcast channel full of interviews like, well, our WDEV racing analyst Nick Mumley stopped by to talk about the Milk Bowl and the Thunder Road racing season. And I spoke with former UVM hoops coach Tom Brennan. I believe we were just one month away. It might even be one month exactly from the Catamount opener against brown you can get in on the napa morrisville napa waterbury text line that's 802-585-3026 at your locally owned napa stores in waterbury and morrisville and also check us out facebook live youtube live and my twitter account the video of the show always streaming there five four three two one and where we go The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas show are brought to you by Six and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber, Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sixandstuff.com. Let's run through a few things here quarterback wise for the Patriots. Here was the most recent update. This came last night from Adam Schefter of ESPN on what the Patriots quarterback room currently looks like. Brian
1: Hoyer suffered a concussion. They're still waiting to see if Mac Jones can make it back from a high ankle sprain that ordinarily would sideline most people four to six weeks. My understanding is that Mac Jones is going to have a chance to play Wow. this week. We'll see whether he can come back from that injury. The Patriots sure need him back. He'll try to give it a go. We'll see whether he can get through the week. And if he can't go, then it would be the rookie again, Bradley Zappy, I would assume
0: uh, Bailey Zappy Adam, but close enough. We understand. You, you don't know every team's third third string quarterback, but nonetheless. So Schefter says Mac Jones is going to try to play. Hoyer is pretty much discounting here. I think that's probably the smart thing to do, given where the league is at concussion-wise. I don't see any way in which Hoyer is potentially an option on Sunday. So he's really limited it down to Zappi or Mac. You know how I feel about this regarding Mac Jones. I don't believe that Mac Jones should play until he's physically ready. It's that simple. I understand the gladiator mindset. I understand the competitive spirit, the desire to be out there for your guys, Mac trying to be a leader and prove that he's the guy and he's he's there for the team. I understand all that. And I respect all of that. But Mac Jones should not play until he's ready. And the Patriots should not let Mac Jones play until he's ready. Now look, if Schefter's talking about Mac maybe being an option this week, Maybe the option, or maybe the injury isn't as bad as we originally feared, and that would be great. If that's the case, that would be awesome. It would be incredible, and it would be highly beneficial to this team. But that said, this injury is still an injury where Mac Jones is at risk. Mac Jones is going to be at risk every play if he comes back too soon. Defensive lineman at his feet. Offensive lineman getting blocked into him and rolling up on him, him getting sacked, all of it. Until Mac Jones can protect himself from all that stuff, he should not play. If you can't protect yourself, you shouldn't be out there. And you also shouldn't be out there, Mac Jones, if you can't perform the duties of the job. That is how I see it. Okay? If the Patriots have to massively game plan around Mac, there's no point in him playing. If Mac can't take a five-step drop, sit in the pocket, scan the field, and really drive a throw deep down the field, he shouldn't be playing. If they have to do everything, get rid of it quick, scream, bubble pass, quick slant, get it out, hurly handoff, etc. Don't get him hit, don't get Mac hit, don't get Mac hit. Then what do we have at that point? We have Bailey Zappi. That's the game plan we saw last week, right? Bubble screen here. Hand off there. Quick throw there. A quick, mild rollout. Get the ball out quickly. Then a couple of deep shot play actions. But if Mac can't, if Mac has to be game planned around, he shouldn't be playing. 50% of Mac is not worth it. It's not worth risking the future or Mac's health for a week five game here against the Detroit Lions. I want Mac to be healthy. I want Mac to play. I think Mac is the guy for the next three and a half years for the Patriots, and I want to see that guy play. But everybody's got to be smart here. Everybody's got to be smart here. Mac has got to be 75 80%. I appreciate that he wants to play. I do. But he can't play until he's 75 80%. If he can't push off and plant and all that stuff, then he's not worth having out there. If he can't have one inch of mobility, he's not worth being out there. If he's got to hop around the pocket, it's not worth it. If he's just going to hand off 40 times, let Bailey Zappi do that. Okay, Mac Jones is not Lamar Jackson. right? If Lamar Jackson's out there, you game plan and say, hey, I don't know how healthy he is, but it's still Lamar Jackson. He might run. That gives you a benefit, a psychological edge. Mac Jones doesn't provide that. Okay, just trotting him out there. There's not like there's a hint of something else for the defense to think about. If he plays and he's 50%, he's just a sitting duck. I appreciate he wants to, and if he's if he's 75% healthy this week, then play. But if he's 40% healthy, 50% healthy, then I just go with the kid. I'd go with Bailey Zappi. Napa-Morrisville, Napa-Waterbury, text line, 802-585-3026. Peter in Williston says, Brady, I agree with you. Mac could get injured far worse playing on a compromised ankle. Look no further than what just happened to an already hurt quarterback from the Dolphins. We're talking about apples and oranges when we talk about Mac's ankle and to his head. But your point resonates. There are injuries that you can't make worse, right? Look, my brother just had arthroscopic hip surgery, and he had a torn labrum, and he could put it off for a couple of months because they said, "Look, it's already torn; it's just about pain tolerance." Mac Jones's injury can get worse, right? If he's got a, if he's got a high ankle sprain, that's fifty percent. He can re-aggravate it. He can make it worse. Your ankle could get broken. All of those things can happen. You can be compensating for your ankle. And hurt another part of your body. You can try to take weight off your ankle when you get sacked and put it on your shoulder. Mac Jones is at risk if he plays when he's not 75-80%. Let's continue this conversation about Mac because this was interesting. Here's what Ted Johnson from NBC Sports Boston is saying about the situation involving Mac and Bill Belichick. I think this is crazy. Like, and a lot of people are speculating that Mac Jones people want him out there to show that he's, you know, to stop the narrative that he's not tough. Look how tough he is. You know, I'm hearing a lot of reports from people's phones that Mac Jones looks like he's in a lot of pain, that he doesn't even look being close to being healthy, yet he's out here throwing passes. That's, to me, that's Bill playing games with him. That's all that is. And that's, I think he's testing Mac and testing so Ted Johnson thinks he thinks that or he says that he thinks Bill Belichick is testing Mac. He also said in another cut that we have, he thinks that Bill Belichick is pressuring Mac. Ted Johnson thinks that Bill Belichick is pressuring Mac Jones to get out there. And we have heard this kind of thing throughout, right? We we heard it opinionated or opined on from Mike Felger. We had Albert Breer say it. Like People are wondering if there's a disconnect between Mac Jones and Bill Belichick on how to move forward. I don't know what's really true, but what I will tell you is this about what you just heard from Ted Johnson. And I like Ted Johnson a lot. I've never spoken to him, but I genuinely like his work. But you take everything that Ted Johnson says about Bill Belichick with a grain of salt. Ted Johnson does not have a great relationship with Bill Belichick, and he does not. Agree with Bill Belichick's handling of injuries. Johnson has a firsthand account here. Ted Johnson believes in his heart that Bill Belichick forced him to play after suffering a concussion. And Ted Johnson went through some pretty dark times from kind of post concussion syndrome and all that. Now, I don't know if that's true, but Ted Johnson believes that Bill Belichick screwed him and hampered him personally, health wise. And Just understand that when Ted Johnson speaks, he's coming at this from a place of experience and he's coming at it from a negative experience and he's got a negative perception of Bill Belichick. I do not know what's true, but when Ted Johnson says that, understand he's coming at this from a different angle. My gut, just my gut, my gut tells me that Bill Belichick is not forcing Mac Jones to play is not pressuring Mac Jones. My gut tells me that Mac wants to be out there as quick as possible. I do believe the Patriots have an obligation to save Mac from himself, and I don't know if they're going to do that when the time comes. But I do think that Mac wants to be out there. Young guy wants to be the leader of the team. Brady really never missed time. He's following in his footsteps. He wants to continue to solidify that he's the leader. Mac's never really been hurt. He said as much. He said, they've never really been hurt in my career. So around him, he sees all of these guys that are banged up playing, and he's like, that's what I got to do, right? Like He doesn't have any experience to tell him that this is a bad idea. He doesn't have a contract on the line. He doesn't have a brand on the line yet in his career. My gut tells me Mac is the one pushing this, But I don't know that for a fact. But I do know that when Ted Johnson talks, understand you take it with a bit of a grain of salt. It is the Brady Farkas Show here on WDEV, AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. We'll get Bob Soce, Patriots broadcaster, in a couple of minutes. I do want to leave this cut right here. Mike Greenberg of ESPN talking about Bailey Zappi. Because I do the draft, I know who Bailey Zappi is. I know he put up enormous numbers coming out of college. He's an athletic kid. He's got a big arm. Like, Am I wrong, or do they look better with Bailey Zappi? Let's put it this way. I wouldn't put Brian Hoyer back. I don't know what Bill will do. I think I would be... Inclined to consider leaving Bailey Zappi out there. Okay, he doesn't have a big arm. That's the knock on him is he does not have a big arm, so let's get that out of there. But even aside from that, Mike Greenberg says he'd play Zappi over Hoyer. Again, I think Hoyer's out for this week against Detroit with the concussion stuff, so it's not a question for this week. It's just kind of a question of later if Mac was a – you know, if Mac was uh, – I got all distracted. Aaron Judge is at the plate right now, and they're showing it on television as Judge goes for 62. I'll keep you posted if Judge finally hits this record-breaking home run, but nonetheless. So I don't think that Hoyer is an option for this week. Judge grounded to short. I don't think Hoyer is an option for this week. So this is really a case of if Max out multi-week still, would you start Zappy over Hoyer? I would just play who is better. Right? I would just play who is better. I see a lot of people saying, hey, we want to see what Zappi's got. We know what Hoyer is. I don't need to see what Bailey Zappi's got. If Bailey Zappi is better than Brian Hoyer, then play him. If Brian Hoyer is better than play Bailey Zappi, there's no quarterback controversy here. Like Mac Jones is the guy. Whether you like it or not, Mac Jones is the guy. He's not getting replaced. So seeing what Bailey Zappi's got does me no good. Right? Like with the Red Sox, Hey, let's see what Tristan Costas has got. Right? The season's over, the team's out of it. We know Dahlbeck's not the answer. We know Hosbeck's, we know Hosmer's hurt. We know Franchi's not the answer at first base. So, yeah, see what Tristan Costas has got. 100%. Right? That, that's that simple. That's not the case here for the Patriots. I have a guy. Okay? Mac is the guy. Like just seeing what Zappi has, that's not an answer. That's not like unless you're going to showcase Bailey Zappi to trade him. There's no point in seeing what he has. I need to win games. I'm at a point where my season is teetering at one and three. Like whoever was better between Zappi and Hoyer should be playing. The goal is that Mac is back as soon as possible and he's healthy enough to contribute. But if he wasn't, I'd play who is better. And My gut tells me that who's better is Brian Hoyer. Tex says, does any of Bailey's Zappy performing so well in Green Bay have anything to do with the pressure for Mac to hurry back? I don't think so. I, I don't I don't know that I understand the question fully, but I really think that Zappy just performed well for a couple of reasons. One, I think they called a good game. I said that yesterday, and that I think Matt Patricia called a good offense, right? It's not popular to give him credit, but I think he did a good job. They ran the ball effectively. And then they set up play action, and they gave him easy-to-diagnose things. Easy one-read throws, run, 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 play action, boom, one, one, one guy down the field. Not a whole lot of reads, not a whole lot of progressions, so I thought they did a good job there. Two, the Packers aren't game-planning for Bailey Zappi, right? Like, they don't, they haven't watched any film on him, they're not planning for him, they don't know exactly what he's going to do well, so the coaches might call for him. So I think there's an element of surprise that happens in-game there. And it would be harder for Zappi this weekend against Detroit if he were to start, even though the Lions' dif- defense is so unbelievably horrible. Like, it would be tougher for him. And there's no more element of surprise. So, I, I think Bailey Zappi just played well because of circumstance, right? Like, he's obviously a good enough player to get to the NFL. That's number one. Good offense. Defense that's not really prepared for him. It is the Brady Farkas show here on DEV. Let's cue up Bob Sosi on the phone line here. But first i got to play the Bob Soce music, do I not, here on WDEV? Someone give me the Bob music, people. Give me the Bob music. Oh, here it is. Thank you. The old names are gone.
1: Brady takes the snap. Back Fire is left.
0: Catch made by White. Turns to the inside. Dives across the goal line. Touchdown, Patriots. But there's new hope in Foxborough. With a great
1: run to the outside.
0: the latest on the Patriots, we talk to the voice of the Patriots, Bob Sose on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEV Radio.com. That's right, Bob Sose, voice of the Patriots on the phone line with us now. We are your home for Patriots football, and with the Red Sox season ending, I want to remind everybody that we are going to have Patriots games from here on out, so our coverage begins Patriots-Lions from Foxborough Sunday at 1. We are pumped about that. Bob, Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday. How are you? Good, Brady. Good to be with you again. Are you in the moral victory camp or the harsh reality of the NFL is we're one in three camp?
1: I think the rest of the season will dictate whether it's moral victory that springs the Patriots to bigger and better things or if it really was a kind of a, you know, a, a near miss in, in a season uh, that, that takes a turn. Uh, on uh, on the wrong note going forward through this next stretch of schedule, beginning with Detroit, and I say that not to be uh, flipping or to be evasive, but I think when you look back at last year, for example, the Patriots started out one and three as well. They they won the next week, but then they lost to Dallas in an overtime game of shootout, and then they went seven and zero. Oh. And I think when you look at them this year. There's a lot to be proud of as a Patriot player, as a Patriot coach, with the effort they gave under the circumstances. Particularly when you're turning to your third-string quarterback, who have been inactive to that point, he's a rookie, uh, who, who this year's learning how to handle snaps under center, after playing from the shotgun his entire collegiate career. Let alone going into a game in in the opening half of play, in the opening quarter against Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field, trying to beat the Packers. And I thought Brady uh, Zappi was more than uh, poised and composed and really acquitted himself very well under those circumstances. But the Patriots are dealing with a lot of injuries on both sides of the ball. I, I think that you have concerns about death. Uh, as a fan, a broadcaster, a coach at this point uh, with this team, they just signed Jamie Collins again uh, back for, you know, I think, the fourth or fifth tour with the Patriots at this point. And, and so that's a sign that you know they're not getting quality play at the linebacker level. They're missing Lawrence Guy up front defensively. Jalen Mills uh, was out last week with a hamstring problem. Then offensively you flip it, of course, the issues on the offensive line with Isaiah Wynn. Uh, What do you do uh, with with that situation? Now that you've you've, uh, elevated Marcus Cannon off the practice squad for last week's game, Uh, there's the situation with Jacoby Myers going forward. Mac Jones, obviously, is the most important offensively at this point. So There's a lot of question marks, and I, I think the schedule does soften up a bit, but The Lions are averaging 40-plus points a game. Uh, They're 1-3, and but this is a team that scores. And the Patriots are going to have to outscore them to win on Sunday. And how they do toward that end, I think, dictates truly whether last week uh, bears out as a
0: moral victory. Patriots really ran the ball well. And even when everybody knew they were going to run the ball to protect Bailey Zappi, they ran it well, five yards a carry. Do you think what we saw on Sunday was just a product of circumstance that they had to do that? Or is that the identity of this team moving forward, no matter who the quarterback is? Well, I think we started
1: to see it emerge the last couple of weeks. The, they have, I think, leaned a, more. And I think rightfully so. We saw it in the Baltimore game. Uh, you know, When you have Stevenson and Harris, two very good backs, and are as productive as they've been for the Patriots, you know, against the Baltimore Ravens, who... Well, courts defensively against the pass have been traditionally and even in the last couple of years a very good run defense. Last year, I think number one in the NFL in rushing defense. And the Patriots had a lot of success last week. Now the Packers on the flip side had you know middle of the pack rushing defense. They were allowing nearly an average of five yards per game. But as you said, Zappi's in the game. They had no coming in uh, even with Brian Hoyer in the game. That would be the Patriots' priority. Even if the Path were still able to establish the run, I think what they've done over the course of the season is they've they varied their schemes. You know, despite all the problems with the out, the zone running, the stretch plays, the outside zone uh, in in the preseason, and then you know with, with sprinkle of what we saw the first week or two on Sunday against the Packers, they had some success going back mm-hmm. to it. That was after they established the more traditional running game. And they've really been good, you know, that gap running game inside uh, the last couple of weeks. And, and so I think that, you know, that is a team that uh, wants to have a physical identity. And we saw the offensive linemen really imploring them, keep it going, keep it going, Let's keep it on the ground. And, and for them to have success in the passing game too, Brady, I, play action is imperative, it seems. And, and Zappi, you know, when he did throw his off play action, and I think when Matt Jones returns, uh, you know, there, there's a, a lesson there maybe. Uh, perhaps poor word choice on my part. But I think when Matt comes back in the lineup, the Patriots have to do, I think, is blend that offense they were trying to run the first week or two with the downfield passing, with the offense they've had the last week or two, where we see more play action.
0: And we have seen them, again, be a physical team in the running game. Bob Soce, voice of the Patriots, with us here on the Brady Farkas Show, as he is every Tuesday at this time on WDEV. Patriots Lions coming up on Sunday, and we're going to have it for you from pregame through postgame here on your home for Patriots football. Bob, I don't know if this is reality or if this is just sports radio regional fodder, but what do you make of the idea that there's a disconnect between the organization and MAC on how to handle this injury moving forward?
1: I, I, you know, Brady, at this point, I don't know that we've seen evidence of that the last week or so. You know, there was a lot of talk about it the first 24, 48 hours that seemed to linger on, even as Jones was trying to come back. Because as I recall, a lot of the initial commentary and some of the reporting that was being done was that there was a difference of opinion, that Mac did not want to have surgery, that perhaps he was, uh, you know, of, of a mind to, to come back later rather than sooner. That's at least it seemed to be framed. To, to my years. Yeah. Well, we, <laughs> what it seems to me is that, you know, the other thing, too, is I don't know that anybody has has confirmed the initial reports about mm-hmm. the high ankle sprain and the severity of it. Uh, you know, even the last week, I think it was more show than anything else when he came out on the field on Friday. But the fact that he hasn't had surgery, the fact that they haven't put him on injured reserve, uh, the, the the fact that they, they, I think that there is, I, th- I will take it face value, uh, a lot of the discussion about him progressing, Uh, You know, I I think when you look at those variables, again, no surgery, uh, the fact that he hasn't been put on IR, that, you know, a lot of the talking points each day over the past week plus have been that he's been progressing and playing better. Those are signs to me that, you know, this is a quarterback that uh, is not going to be out as long as many predicted or feared at the outset. And so that calls into question, I think, in some of the original reporting about the severity of, 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 of the injury and all the discussion about whether he should or shouldn't have the tightrope surgery. You
0: know, Bob, whether it's out one week, out four weeks, or out 12 weeks, the thing I need to see from Mac before he comes back is I just want to see him be able to be healthy enough to help the team and healthy enough to protect himself, you know, protect himself from a rush, from a, from a falling lineman on top of him. What do you need to see, no matter what the time frame is, what do you need to have from Mac before he plays?
1: Well, I, I, you know, um, I think he wanted to be effective and, and, and be healthy enough. Number one, not to put himself at further risk of, uh, you know, a greater injury and, uh, and and a longer absence. I think number two, is just the ability to execute, you know, what what he needs to do offensively. But I think what's important too, Brady, is what what the Patriots do uh, to help keep him healthy yep. in in the pocket. And I think that might mean holding onto the ball less getting rid of it quicker, less of the downfield throws. And it goes back to what we are talking about earlier, more play-action passing, off the running game, quicker throws, uh, throws underneath, taking what the defense gives, a lot more of what we saw last year. I think they they had to anyway get to a point where there was a happy medium between taking the snap and playing point guard, distributing the ball, uh, and and taking the easy throws and the easy yardage the way we saw a lot last year when the Patriots were successful. And that desire to drive the ball downfield and make some per- explosive plays in the passing game. I also think too that you know one of the things we've seen from the defense the last couple of weeks, and this is this factors into the offensive approach, is that uh, the defense hasn't been as strong as I think the Patriots had expected and hoped. Part of that is because of injury, but you know, they've 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 given up uh, you know too many points inside the red zone this has always been a very good red zone team and i think the last two weeks uh, the opposition has gone eight for eight in the red zone and that factors in i think i think to how they play offensively you have to complement the other units and i think offensively you know we saw them the last two years try to limit possessions i think maybe now they maybe you know try to get back to a little bit more of that uh with with the state of the defense right now especially with some of the injury
0: issues they're facing I'm still trying to debate whether or not I want to send you $200 to wear a Pat Patriot hat during the Patriots-Lions game. I'm still debating. Well, I was debating whether
1: to spend however much it cost on a cheese head last week as an (laughs) alternative to the tricorn. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. I just might surprise you. Got an Expos hat on today. Maybe we'll uh, go with uh, a Pat Patriot uh, tricorn hat next week.
0: Hey, and they're going to be wearing the Pat Patriot uniforms. I believe they're 9-0 and in the Pat Patriot uniforms since they uh, came out of circulation in 94 or whatever. I think they're 9-0 and in bringing them back, so fingers crossed, Bob. Well, that's, that's absolutely.
1: And, uh, you know, I think back to Monday night game when I think it was Leotis McKelvin uh, ill advisedly took a kickoff out of the end zone for Buffalo late in the game when the Bills had a chance on Monday night football to beat the Patriots in those throwbacks. So, uh, you know, thankfully that he helped to keep the streak alive. The Patrick late in that game to win. And uh, let's hope they keep it going this weekend.
0: Bob Sosi, voice of the Patriots. We're going to have the game on Sunday afternoon. And, Bob, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Brady. Yeah, always appreciate Bob sosi being with us, and yeah, I think the Patriots nine and zero in the Pat Patriot uniforms. I don't know if they're going to win on Sunday against Detroit, but they're going to they're going to look damn good in those. Bailey Zappi, maybe in the red uniforms with the white helmets. I, I can't wait. At least there's that. I love uniforms. So excited for that. Our coverage will begin on Sunday at 10 a.m. The kickoff is at 1. Uh, we're going to have former Lions defensive back Glover Quinn on later this week. I am pumped about this. Glover Quinn is uh, killing it right now at the Believe Podcast Network. we love getting the Believe Podcast guests on, right? Like we do it almost every week where we get like the NFL pro on a team's Believe podcast. And uh, Glover Quinn is the guy for the Lions, and we're going to have him on later this week. Might be Thursday, might be Friday, not quite sure yet. Also depends, like, if the Red Sox were to get rained out tomorrow and I got to come in here, we might, we might try to get Glover in tomorrow. But the uh, Lions are, like, the most entertaining 1-3 team in history. And through four games, they have scored 140 points. 140 they've allowed 141 people are calling them the etroit lions because there's no d they they are a wild watch now seattle's defense is horrible so i don't think they're going to come in here and score 45 on the patriots but they scored 45 without Amon Ross, St. Brown, or DeAndre Swift, their two best offensive players. If they get either or both of those guys back against the Patriots, Pats are going to have their hands full. So thanks to Bob Sosie for being with us. One last Patriots quarterback thought. The Patriots signed a quarterback today. Someone thought it should have been Cam Newton. It wasn't. Did we like that idea? That's next on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. WDEVradio.com. Red Sox baseball just a few minutes from now. The news is out there. We don't do a whole lot of pop uh, culture gossip here on the Brady Farkas Show, but... Tom Brady and Giselle have started the hunt for divorce uh, divorce lawyers now. And uh, TMZ Sports just put out there that the hunt for divorce lawyers actually runs deeper than reported. It's been in the works for weeks. And as things now, as things stand now, the marriage is beyond saving. Look, we're going to talk about Tom Brady because he's a football player and because he's a former Patriot. So we will do at some point. I I saw WEI with Giselle out of the picture. Could Tom come back to Foxborough? We can do that stuff, right? And we can have fun with it. We can talk about Brady. We can talk about the Patriots. And at the end of the day, though, I just, you know, here I feel very preachy. I do feel bad for their kids, right? Like they've got two kids that they share and their parents potentially getting divorced and having it play out publicly. I feel very bad for them. So we can talk about the Brady stuff and we likely will, but I do feel bad for their kids. Um, And I feel bad that it might not just be Tom's love of football, but I feel bad that Tom's love of football played a big role in maybe breaking up his family. And uh, on some levels, that's actually pretty darn sad. So uh, Red Sox lineups coming here momentarily. Uh, Peter and Williston says, Feel bad for uh, Brady, that's two divorces in three years if you include Belichick. Okay, that was kind of funny, so uh, (laughs) I actually kind of appreciated that one. Um, All right, real quick, Patriots signed a quarterback today, Garrett Gilbert. He's going to their practice squad. He was in Washington. He's been with a couple of different teams. But I saw mainly the people at WEEI clamoring for Cam Newton to get a call from Bill Belichick. I am glad that Bill Belichick did not call Cam Newton for one big reason. Mac Jones does not need the specter of Cam Newton over him. Cam thinks that's why he was cut last year. And that's why I'm not bringing him back this year. It's pretty simple to me. Mac is not going to be out the whole year. Therefore, he doesn't need Cam Newton hovering over him. Because, like, let's just say this. Let's just say Mac's going to be out three more games. Cam comes in and plays well. Well, guess what? Should Cam keep the job? Should Cam have never lost the job? Was Mac really the guy? Mac Jones doesn't need that. Mac Jones doesn't need that. Because if it's only a three-week stopgap, Mac's going to take that job back. He doesn't need Cam there. Let's just say Mac comes back, not 100%, but he's toughing it out. Comes back at 75%. Plays poorly. Cam's the backup. Should Cam get the job? Should Cam have ever lost the job? Was Mac really the guy? It's just not a conversation that needs to happen. It's just not. It's not good for the development of your young quarterback. I love Cam. He was a great patriot in 2020. He played the good soldier for the team in a down year. I think he could have had a good year last year. He didn't get the job. Now we all move on. Now we all move on. Mac Jones is your guy. And having Cam there would do him a major disservice. right? I don't know that Cam wants to be a backup. I don't know he wants to be a backup in New England. I don't know he wants to be a backup to Mac the guy who effectively ended his career. I don't know any of that. But I know that I don't want to see the Patriots call Cam and have his shadow just hovering over Mac. That's not healthy for anybody in that organization, and it's not healthy for, uh, well, it would be great sports talk radio fodder for us, but uh, that's not what it's all about. So you got to protect Mac Jones at this point. Yeah, Texter says if Mac were out for the season, Cam would make sense. And I agree with that. Mack's not out for the season. Red Sox and Rays. It's Jeffrey Springs for Tampa, 9-4. Nathan Ivaldi, his final start of the year. Maybe his final start ever for the Red Sox. Yandy Diaz is at third. Wander Franco's at short. G-Man Choi is the DH. Isak Paredes is at first. Jonathan Aranda is in left. Christian Bethencourt is the catcher. Vidal Brujan is in right. Taylor Walls at second. And Jose Siri in center for Tampa. Tommy Pham in left for the Red Sox. Robbie Devers at third. Xander Bogart's at short. Alex Verdugo in right. JD Martinez, the DH. Kika Hernandez in center. Eric Hosmer back. He's at first. Christian Arroyo is at second. And Connor Wong is the catcher. Go,
1: Sox!